There's a a whole thing on TikTok that's been going around a lot. I'm curious your thoughts on it about like healed people heal people. And I hate it. You know, I think it's bullshit because we are never like healed. We like, what does it even mean to be healed? Because we are constantly a work in progress, right? And so to to put that even thought into the world, again, it only says that like healing has a destination. And healing, in my opinion, is a practice. I would like to change that uh, that TikTok trend. I need to go on there and address some folks. Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things real talk and conscious conversations about shit that really fucking matters. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, your go-to bisexual polyamorous confidence coach who tells it as it is and owns her mess. If you're here to live your fuck yes life, welcome home, my love. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to episode 132 and... Two episodes in one week to kick off season six, Amanda. Yeah, that's right. You know I got you. Holy balls. I just couldn't wait to drop this episode and this conversation uh, because it so beautifully links to the things that I was talking about in the last episode that dropped um, today as well um, around, you know, what I've been navigating and what I believe living your fuck yes life actually looks like. And when I was really thinking about how I wanted to kick off season six, and there's so many things that we're going to be diving into in much more uh, juicy, raw detail, all things sexuality, all things ethical non-monogamy, all things mental health, and some, you know, breast cancer awareness stuff as always, because that's where we do this. Those are the pillars. Um, You know, I... (laughs) I found myself feeling constantly pulled to share and have a conversation um, around what I've been personally navigating the last few months because it's been a time. It's been a time in my life and I usually find so funny every time I've gone back to past season you know, first episodes of first seasons. And for the last five seasons, I've like dropped some major things. Like the last season, season five, I came out as polyamorous on the podcast, which was almost a year ago now, which is fucking wild to think about. Um, But I, it's because, you know, during my time away from the podcast, I'm thinking about you all and I'm navigating a lot in my life and um, experiencing things and have stuff I want to talk about and work through and process and this last chunk of time um, was no different, but I I will say that it's been one of the uh, both harder and also most illuminating seasons of my life um, when it comes to my personal health on all the levels, mental, uh, sexual, physical, and beyond. And it's all come back to my process of uncovering and working through a lot of my trauma over the last few years and it all came to a head in the summer um, in a way that was really unexpected for me and also really beautiful 
at the same time, which I never expected. And we deep dive into all of that in this episode, as well as have some really beautiful conversations around what healing actually does or does not look like and can or cannot look like. Um, And there was no one better that I could have imagined to come on for the podcast to have this conversation with than Dana Christie. Dana Christie is one of my favorite humans here in Chicago, and I have the absolute pleasure of knowing them not just as one of my personal practitioners. Um, I do body work with them every single month and have for over a year now, Um, and it's been truly life-changing, but also uh, as a friend, a fellow you know, member of the queer community here. And I am so thrilled to have her on um, and celebrate everything that they are and that um, that they bring to the table, their perspective, and also um, everything that we talk about in this space is just like us having coffee, but you just kind of got an earbud into it. And um And that's kind of how I want you to picture this time today as you listen to this conversation um, is just imagine like you're sitting at coffee with me and Dana and, um, you know, hearing about our perspectives, our thoughts, our all sorts of shit that we talk about on healing, on chronic pain, on all sorts of stuff. Um, And it, it, it gets deep and it gets nitty gritty as always. And, you know, it's all about the real talk. So. Uh, And before we officially get into that conversation, which we will be doing right in the next 30 seconds, I do want to just put a trigger warning. I did put this in the show notes, but I want to state it here as well for those of you who are just listening. Um, We do get into some topics. We don't go super deep in them, but we do touch on and brush over eating disorder cycles, bullying, queer shame, the Holocaust, rape. So if those are things that you know you are... Um, need to support yourself and trust that that's not a safe space for you to enter into, um, by all means, give this uh, episode a pass. But for the rest of you, um, I really, this conversation is so life-changing and so incredible, and I am not going to waste any more of your time. We're going to get straight into the motherfucking goodness. So without further ado, here we go. Okay, so excited. Um, Welcome to the podcast, Dana, which is so great because you're also the first guest of the season. Did you know? <gasps> Ooh, yes. Starting out strong. I know. And I'm, I have been like, I was like, I feel like three times last year, I was like, I need to get you on, I need to get you on. Just things didn't like work out. Um, and I'm just, I feel like this couldn't be the better timing in terms of actually having you here because so much of the work we've done together in the last, mm-hmm. I even want to say like, cause I've been coming to you as like a healer, as like my body work guru slash human, like best human ever slash also mm. friend, um, for, I think we've hit over, has it been over a year now? I think well, it, it was has. pre-pandemic when you started. So yeah. it's for sure been over a year. Yeah. And yeah. so, and I just feel like the last, you know, two months as we're like stepping into the season start, like I've been probably in my most, um, Mm, sensitive and uh, at least mental health wise like in a really struggly space and your healing and just your wisdom and just your being in presence with you and experiencing your like that your touch has been truly life-changing for me and I've wanted to come and talk about body work and specifically like how to 
support your healing journey from a trauma standpoint within the body for a long time mm-hmm. on this podcast because it's been a big part of my personal journey. But mm-hmm. I just haven't hadn't found somebody, you know, in my earlier d- years, like who I really felt resonated with what I wanted to bring to this space and to be able to have a conversation about this in a way that felt aligned for this platform. Um, and you are just the perfect person that I could possibly imagine to bring on here. And you're also like one of my great friends and I'm just really excited to finally be here with you. So welcome to the pod. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Me too. And you know, I, I know I say this to you, like the, the love is so mutual. I think that the space you hold for folks on all of your platforms is so incredibly valuable and healing. And I feel like I've experienced a lot of my own healing and like coming to myself through the various containers that you've created on your Instagram and your podcast and your summits. Um, Just being a person who's like in your orbit and a witness to your authenticity um, is very powerful. So yeah, it's it's certainly like a mutual admiration and respect. Mm, my gosh, I received that, I, even though that's hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, here I am like complimenting you after you compliment me. So I don't know anything about it being hard to take positive feedback. <laughs> right? Like receiving shit that like people love about you is hard. Like I struggle with that yeah. so hard. Um, yeah, no, I really appreciate that. And I appreciate you. And what I'm, you know, as like the po- podcast has progressed more and more, what I've wanted to do is just have conversations that I would be having with people I really respect, that I truly, truly stand behind as humans and with the work they're doing in the world, with the, the their story, with just who they are and have the kind of conversations that we, you know, have when I'm either laying on, you know, your, your massage mm-hmm. table or, you know, going to coffee or whatever and just have them here because I don't feel like these things are talked about. And certainly I've never talked about trauma and how it shows up in the body on this podcast, like at Mm. all. So I'm so, so excited to, I mean, to dive into like this challenging subject, but I think also really frankly, like vitally important and thing that's transformed my life. So. Yeah. And I, I think that although you may not have addressed the topic directly, the fact that you have talked so much about, kind of like the embodied challenges that we all face. Like you've talked about disordered eating, you've talked about coming into your queerness, right? You've talked about um, self-esteem, all of like that all exists on an embodied level. So even though we haven't necessarily addressed trauma directly, like you've definitely laid the groundwork and approached it from a lot of different ways. So we're, we're just naming it today is all we're doing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. Before we get into the goods of that, I want to have like a, I have a question that I want to start with that I just I feel like would be like a beautiful way to maybe share, share the space beyond just like giving each other all the love, which is I've been doing this thing the last I want to say like through all of quarantine where I've I started like this um, note in my app called hashtag fuck yes joys and I've I've talked about this a little bit on, on my Instagram here and there, um, but it's been just a way for me to ground into moments of appreciation and and I don't necessarily mean like joys from the like typical like rah rah like this was like, and those can totally be those and valid and even a moment like I was able to take a breath during a panic attack today could be an example of a fuck yes joy right because like mm. for example a month ago like I, I didn't know how to do that I was in a place where like that wasn't available to me and normally that's like a really typical part of my process 
So writing those down has been like a really big grounding thing for me personally in my journey. And I thought it could be fun um, before, you know, when I have guests on to start the podcast with like, what's your fuck yes joy of today? Like a moment that or a a thing that helped you that made you feel grounded in like yourself. Thank you. I love that question. Um, And I love the example you shared. Um, So today... (laughs) I actually had to put one of my chickens down today. I have some, I have chickens that live in my backyard. And so it was a day that I think I was really like ready and needing to receive some grounding and some joy. Um, And I actually like, I went through this whole ritual of like cleaning the coop afterwards and like clearing, um, you know, putting out new straw and like treating the surviving chickens for illness and Normally that's work that I don't, I don't like hate it, but it's like a chore, you know? No, I get you. (laughs) Um, But it was so, there's something so, and it's funny, this kind of weaves in with our topic for today. It it felt like I was using my body to process Mm. that experience of losing this animal that had meant a lot to me. Mm. And like, just being able to go through those really simple tasks was so um, just like calming and rooting. And it like, it just, I feel like it really downregulated my nervous system. Um, and so I really appreciated that today, mm. like those chores as a practice. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. I'm sorry for your loss. That sounds Thank you. hard and also beautiful that you were able to, you know, just move from that space. You know, I think so often we get locked in moments mm-hmm. like that, um, in feelings like that. Um, because we're not taught how to, how to do anything about that. <laughs> um, so that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I'm trying to think of, I want to like, I want to share back. I'm trying to think of mm-hmm. one for today and I'm like, want to get grounded in it. It's been a really busy day. So I haven't had as much grounding today. Oh, I, um, <laughs> I, I've been coming out of, um, this is part of what we're going to talk about today, but I've been coming out of the longest depressive stint of my life, of my adult, of my life, of my life. Maybe my younger life, I'm not sure because I wasn't as clicked into myself and my body at the time at all. Um, But that I can think of, um, I'm like two weeks out of like the fog really feeling like it's lifted Mm -hmm. and like not just for a day, but like lifted, lifted. Um, And I was in it for almost two months is what it felt like, you know, and my depression looks really different than many folks' depression. Like, I am still, like, a, like a quote-unquote functional person throughout my day, but it, I don't feel functional. Um, and the way that it lives in my body is really debilitating for me. And dancing is something that is always something that gives me joy. You guys always see me dancing on my fucking Instagram stories because I love it. And movement in that way, I'm like getting emotional thinking about this. Movement in that way connects me to myself and music connects me to myself in a way that nothing else does. And I know that you get this. Um, And I just, I, this was the first morning that I danced freely in like, months like that I just music was going and I had finished my workout and I was like I just started dancing and I like couldn't stop you know and I was just moving in a way that I was like oh I feel you body you know like and I just was letting 
like it, it didn't feel like I was trying to force the experience to exist for myself because I know it'll make me feel better. It just happened out of my own being in the moment. Um, so that's my fuck yes joy for the day. Yeah. That is so beautiful. I felt myself getting emotional <laughs> when you shared that. Thank you. Thank and you. I totally, I do totally get it because you know, I also have, um, my other life as, as a dancer. So yeah, that space, that like space of movement and connecting to music and connecting to yourself. There's, there's nothing else like it. Do you feel like that's actually your other life though? Because, okay. So I know I already, like, I'm going to do your intro separately. So like, we've already talked about like, you know, all of the goods and what you do in that space, but you know, you're a healer. Like that's what I see you. And and I call you like my body work guru (laughs) because you are, um, and yeah, you have so many mediums like your shiatsu, massage, like yoga, like all your training and like your your dance therapy and the way that you dance. Like that do you not see them as like all intertwined or do you see them as separate? They're totally intertwined. And I think the way that I teach dance and teach movement, I've taught yoga for over 10 years and taught dance and movement to kids and adults. And I'm actually starting my own dance collective. Um, Which I'm so, so I think, excited about. <laughs> I know it's going to be so it's, I'm super pumped. Our first classes on Friday, rainbow children, dance collective. Um, I think that it's definitely connected. I actually, okay. So I'll back up in college. I wrote my thesis on dance therapy. So it's really interesting. You use those words. Um, because what I was really intrigued by is just the whole, like the space of embodied healing and how that can show up in so many different mediums. Like dance therapy is embodied healing. Mm-hmm. Yoga is embodied healing. Mm-hmm. Body work is embodied healing. Right. So I feel like the mission of my life has been to understand this work of, of doing this like profound kind of transformation via our bodies, our tissue, our flesh, our nervous system. Mm. But I'm approaching it through all these various paths, right? Through dance, through through movement, through body work, et cetera. And I feel like I can keep working on that for the rest of my life and it's never going to get old because, totally. you know, the depth, the depth is bottomless. Totally. Um, I think the reason I call it my separate life is, uh, and maybe you relate to this too as like a theater person. Totally. I think there's a level at which our like performance persona, it is sort of this like separate. You, it, you know, I mean, it's, it's a character. Yeah. To a, I mean, it's yeah. It's a character. Yeah. Exactly. It's a heightened it's a version character. of you. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. And very different from like the version of me that I bring into the healing space with my clients where it's, you know, it's all about kind of like crown grounding and regulating versus when I'm on the stage dancing, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'd wager. And I, I say this cause I feel like I know you pretty well at this point, but like I'd wager that you exist in both places, you know, that different, uh, different spaces and different needs, you know, at least for me, I experienced this, like they bring out different versions of me. You know, so like I teach in my containers that I teach or the events that I hold is a different Amanda that you get on the podcast who's just like real talking with, you know, her friends um, and people that she admires the fuck out of, you know, and, you know, is different than I might be, you know, in a room full of strangers and is different than, you know, like different parts of our 
of our humanness come to the surface depending on our shit, you know, like where we feel comfortable, where we'll feel, feel safe or, or the energy that we want to create, especially as intentional humans, which I know you to be wildly intentional. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I think it's like the saying, we contain multitudes. All yeah. of those things are you. All of those people are you. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so let's get into the fucking goods. Because the reason I started coming to you in the uh, when we started working together was because, you know, a lot of my healing journey <laughs> has been, as you all know, as you've been listening for many seasons, or maybe you're new to the podcast, but it's been like a lot of unpacking and a lot of, frankly, unbecoming, a lot of unlearning so many things. But what I didn't realize, at least for for me, until later in my 20s, like the la- you know, once I came out as queer, I want to say, and like owned my was was Polly, and was like living my authentic life, right? But I hadn't come out as pu- publicly as Polly, but I was still like living fully in that space. That was you know that happened when I was 27, and I had had my preventative double mastectomy that year, you know, so like I was moving beyond but I think that clicked something for me I started therapy two months before I had my surgery and then I realized oh Amanda you may not be binging like you once were and you may feel more connected to your sexuality to you know your pleasure and learning how to explore that in different ways but why are you feeling so held back in your body? It's like you have this awareness now. You're so clicked into your brain. You're like my emotional like awareness of myself was so crystal clear. But something was out of like massively out of sync. And I was so clear to me. I was like, I need to be doing more embodied work. And like I do so much of that as an actor. I, you know, as as just a human who loves to move and dance and do yoga and work out and like I just, I love that stuff. I love that stuff so, so, so much. But I didn't feel like I was clicked into my body a lot of the time when I was moving, that I was aware of what my body was needing or why I was having things pop up in my body like eczema, like my chronic UTIs that I used to have. Um, You know, I always used to think it was an external problem, like, you know, the weather or a a thing that I'm using on my hands that is wrong or I'm eating, I thought it was nutritional based for the longest time, right? But I was having a lot of body stuff and still feeling held back in the bedroom, still feeling held back. You know, even as an actor on stage, I was like, why am I not clicking as much into my body as I want to be, as I know I can be? Because I had the awareness finally, but it still wasn't linked. So, and like that integration wasn't happening. And I'm curious if that's something you've experienced in your own personal life. And also, like, that's why I started coming to you, right? Because I was like, I need to be I need to be more thoughtful about the way that I am working on my healing journey, you know, um, and connecting it into the body. And that's why I started embodiment work in, like, a whole new mm. facet. So, like, what was that experience like for you personally? And, like, if someone is resonating with that and they're hearing their lot, they're like, yeah, I have that awareness, but like, I also don't understand my body and why it's doing the things or why I feel locked in the bedroom or all these things like where to even begin that step. Because it feels very, even as someone who has like done the personal work, it feels really, really like, what the fuck, where do I even begin? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, truly. Um, I think what the fuck, where do I even begin is a very real emotion. And 
I think for me, again, like I've been doing this my whole fucking life. Like I've been moving my body since I was three years old as an intentional practice. And I'm 32 now. And I still feel like most of the time, I don't know what the fuck is going on. And it's not because I haven't done the work. um, And it's not because I haven't grown so much. It's just that this is work. This is the work of a lifetime. Um, And, and, you know, as we were saying before, like the depths are bottomless. Um, So I would start by saying, I do definitely connect with what you're describing in terms of your journey. I think a lot of folks do. Um, I think there's also a tendency to, well, maybe this is just for me, to immediately kind of be hard on ourselves and think about like, oh, I still have so far to go. And like, I haven't, you know, I've done some work, but clearly like the work I've been doing isn't the right kind of work or I haven't been doing enough or whatever. Totally. Um, and I would just invite all of us to to understand that this is, again, this is, this is like the work of, of our lifetimes. Um, yeah. The quick fix mentality, the like, I want to just mm-hmm. get this shit is so ingrained in our culture in me, you know, in all of us, it's, mm-hmm. it's, me, a, yeah. it's a mind fuck for sure. I think that being a Shiatsu practitioner has helped me with that actually, because mm-hmm. you know how it's like when you give advice to someone, it's, it's difficult to kind of take that in for yourself, but the more you do it, the more you like hear the words and you're like, Oh, actually, maybe I should say that to myself also. Totally. Um, I talk with my clients a lot about how, the Chinese medicine, which is the foundation of shiatsu, is this holistic science that's really looking at all parts of the person and attempting to integrate the mind, the body, the energy, the spirit, all of that, all of the parts of you, just like we were talking about, like integrating all of the parts of you to elevate you to be your best self, right? To give you that space to embody yourself in the way that feels the most authentic for you. And that shit does not happen overnight. It happens with these really small tweaks that kind of come together over time, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's tweaking what it, we're, we're looking at, like what's going on in the physical level. Like you talked about the eczema, um, all of those little symptoms that were like, oh, I feel like something's kind of off in my body. I'm not feeling as like settled in my body as I want to be. It's happening on that kind of mental cognitive level, right? Like the stress, the anxiety, the depression, like I'm not, I'm not feeling as regulated as I want to be. It's happening with our intimacy and our pleasure practices. And that that's, I mean, all of this stuff also is happening on like a socio-political level. So that's a whole other layer. Yeah. I mean, everything impacts. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's, well, we can maybe talk later in this episode about um, like the layers of trauma from the personal to the political to the intergenerational historical. There's a lot of layers, but the point is like, when we come into the treatment space, we're addressing all of those things at the same time. That's, that's a lot of fucking work to be doing, right? So like, it doesn't happen overnight. It happens with these real small tweaks and these, I love what you said with your, um, like what's your like fuck yes moment of the day because that's how the healing process is it's like this accumulation of these moments mm-hmm. that that are eventually just bringing us back to kind of like our clearest most authentic selves but again like this is the work of a lifetime yeah i always say i say the same thing to so many of my clients too it's like this is a practice right like being yeah. embodied and truly like 
accessing your fuck yes self, which I always say is like, you know, all of the shit in between your like highest, most like I'm living my most confident self to like I'm on the floor like and feel like I'm at rock bottom. Like all of it is you, right? So, but it's about how you practice living inside of your flesh, right? (laughs) And like how we show up on a day-to-day basis. And some days that's going to look like complete feeling completely broken but honoring that that broken that feeling of brokenness is still you're still whole you're just navigating that space and other days it's you know so stoked about a partner you're seeing and like that you get to you know spend all this time with them and you're like gushing about the process right like and everything in between right it's not it's not this milestone it's not this goalpost mm-hmm. that we're just trying to hit and it's like I'm healed now there's a there's a whole thing on TikTok that's been going around a lot I'm curious your thoughts on it about like healed people heal people and I hate it I hate it it's a thing that's going around a lot and it's been a trend and it's been thing that like a lot of he- the healers of TikTok are talking about and like you know I think it's bullshit because we are never like healed we like what does it even mean to be healed because we are constantly a work in progress right and so to to put that even thought into the world again it only says that like healing has a destination and healing in my opinion is a practice um and I'm curious your thoughts on that because it really pisses me off (laughs) sure yeah I, I I feel infuriated by hearing that that's a thing um I talk about this a lot in my in my teaching space when I teach about trauma to other healing artists. Um, there is such power in our vulnerability and power in us sharing to the extent that we feel comfortable, to the extent that we're still maintaining professional boundaries and all of that, yeah. sharing with our clients because trauma is incredibly isolating. Um, the root of the root emotion of trauma is shame. And so folks who have experienced trauma, which is all of us, spoiler alert. Um, yep. I think that that it, it feels really alone to be in that space. Right. And when we can present mirrors to the people in our lives and mm-hmm. show them like, Hey, I'm in this healing space too, and not present mirrors in the way that like, once I was where you are, but now I'm fixed, but prevent mirrors to be like, Hey, I'm wading through and navigating a lot of this stuff. And again, it's really important that we have our own boundaries practice. So we're not, um, creating a situation where we're like projecting or whatever, you know, like we, we want to, we want to maintain we want to maintain a space where people feel like they can be vulnerable and they're not having to take care of us as the healers. That's not okay. But yeah, the value of, of, um, of creating that connection through empathy and shared experience, it's, it's truly transformative and I've seen it happen. Um, so I would like to change that, uh, that TikTok trend. I need to go on there and we should, we should, we should do that. And I, I use should with intention in that space. Yes. Yeah. I What you said, though, about trauma and it being this place where we feel so alone, like I am surrounded by folks who get trauma and I still feel so alone. And something I've been navigating in my own journey of unpacking my trauma and like moving through my healing practice 
is feeling like my trauma wasn't enough and valuable enough to or like even at like we we trauma off you know it's like this competition thing of like well I don't have the quote typical traumas that many people have but my trauma is like a lot of generational trauma you know like I have lineage that were in Auschwitz and like my my grandma was there and a lot of my trauma you know comes from like my history with bullying and how brutal it was and I didn't even admit to myself that that was trauma until two years ago you know Mm -hmm. in the process of my healing and actually writing my book was a big part of that (laughs) healing process for myself was like oh this was this was this is where it started for me you know and I'm just curious like what got you into wanting to move with the body and like be so passionate about trauma within your own story whatever you're comfortable sharing because I know you to be such an advocate for folks who are navigating trauma you know uh, chronic illness and pain and stuff and that the way that you heal is so trauma informed which I think is something that most body workers don't have and at least from what I've seen, and I, I might be totally wrong with that, but I've looked very, very long and hard to, you know, build a network. And I think you're you're just, like, incredible. And I'm curious, like, why that path for you specifically? Sure. Um, I want to say first that I think what you are sensing with there being, like, a hierarchy of trauma is a very real thing um, that doesn't serve any of us. I think... I think there's a lot to be said for like the yes and perspective when it comes to thinking about who deserves to heal. I think that obviously like we're at a moment in history where we need to be centering black and indigenous and people of color in our kind of like collective healing work because that's whose bodies are most in danger right now. Totally. And it's okay for us to look at our own bodies and our own experiences and our own you know, intergenerational historical frameworks and give ourselves permission to heal, even if we don't necessarily have any of those other like, quote unquote, marginalized identities. Um, Nobody benefits from believing that they don't deserve to heal or their trauma isn't like bad enough for them to address it. Or that we're worthy enough. None of us benefit from that, right? So um I appreciate that you brought that up because I think that's a really important point that that hopefully will resonate with folks who are listening is I just want everyone to know like your trauma is valid. And this is hard too when we're talking about the word trauma, like what the fuck does that word even mean? Because I think a lot of people think of trauma as like I was raped. um, I'm a war veteran. You know, I had like horrific childhood abuse. Yes, those things are trauma. And bullying is trauma. Eating disorders are trauma. Living with a chronic illness or in a disabled body is trauma. Um, being, you know, hiding your queer identity is trauma. Like all of the having ancestral, you know, intergenerational pain and suffering is trauma, right? Like all of those things are trauma. Mm. My favorite definition of trauma is, um, from the scholar, Peter Levine, he's a trauma scholar. And now I feel like I'm going to fuck up the quote, but it's (laughs) like, um, he talks about this sense of overwhelming helplessness. Mm. So a situation that puts, that gives you the experience of overwhelming helplessness. And I think we can all relate to that sense of being in a situation where we felt totally powerless. 
and yeah, where I've our bodies that way a lot lately. Right, right. And then where our bodies in that moment, we just we go into overwhelm. That's his other part of the definition. It's like this experience of um of like physiological, emotional, neurological, psychological overwhelm. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at trauma as that, like an, an overwhelming experience that makes us feel powerless, mm-hmm. we've all had that. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you brought that up because I do think it's important for us to like have a definition when we're having this conversation. Yeah, totally. Um, but going back to your question on like what got me into this work. Yeah. So I think that I was wired for it by way of having an embodied practice again, since I was three years old, I've always just like understood and navigated the world through my body. Um, it's, it's just kind of what feels like the most available to me, like that kinesthetic, um, sensorial kind of experience. Yeah. Uh, so weird. We both ended so up I- in embodiment work. <laughs> So I know. I mean, who the fuck did? Who also um, performed? What a concept! <laughs> and our friends, right? It's all great. I know. I don't. I don't understand. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, I was primed for it, right? Yeah. Um, and then I also went through my share of embodied traumas. Like, I am a survivor of rape. I am a survivor of assault. Um, I have had my experiences with disordered eating. Um, I, I live with a chronic illness. So like, and I also have seen in a very real way, the way those forms of trauma on top of other things that I've experienced, cause we've all experienced lists that are too long, you know, yeah. um, all my trauma has shown up in my body in a very concrete way. Mm-hmm. And so I think I almost came to it like you did where I was like, what the fuck is going on with me? Like everything, this is when I was first diagnosed with my chronic illness, which I think is in 2017. This is when I think it really clicked for me, even though I had been doing embodied healing work again for like decades before that. But it really clicked when I was diagnosed with my chronic illness, which um, was like less than a year after being raped. Um, The connection was so crystal clear because one of the main symptoms that I had was I had these yeast infections that were like, would never go away. And it was right after being raped. So it's like, gee, I wonder if those two things have something to do with each other, you know? Totally. Totally. Can you explain a little bit about what that uh, could look like? Because I know when I had my chronic, and I just had my first yeast infection, I remember, I think I, like, was I at the end of it when I came to you last? I think I was. Luckily, it's, like, not come back so far. We'll see. But it was my first one, and I was like, this was wild. But, like, I used to get chronic UTIs. Chronic. Mm -hmm. Like, every, it felt like every other week, I was, I was going to get antibiotics, and was just really, really, really struggling with, my whole self and it makes so much sense now looking back but I feel like often we're just taught well something's you know something came in like maybe you use something weird it's not about like nobody's taught that it's about trauma or that it could be linked to trauma in any way you know I don't I at least don't feel like I ever heard that so I'm curious like what what could the like what are the links or what could the links be I know that's kind of like a big question but yeah I mean I think 
I think sometimes the links can be real crystal clear the way that they were for me. It's almost like, hello, Captain Obvious. Um, I think other times that's more subtle. A lot of times from the Chinese medicine perspective, we're looking at like energetic stagnation in the body. Um, And stagnation in the body can show up as things not like moving or processing in the way that we want them to. So this would be an example. Like say that a person is dealing with digestive issues like IBS, maybe they have like chronic constipation. Um, Maybe they're having like a lot of food sensitivities or whatever. Um, So that might be a person who, so food is like our nourishment, right? Our relationship with food is like the way that we receive nourishment from the world. And that happens with food, but it happens in a lot of other different places. How are we receiving nourishment from our relationships? How are we receiving nourishment from our self-care practices? Mm -hmm. So somebody with like a lot of digestive issues, I might ask them about like their relationship with nourishment. A lot of times what I find is that people who are caregivers, like people who are parents or in um, the caregiving industry, like especially with COVID, all of the essential workers in Mm -hmm. caregiving spaces, um, a lot of those folks will have some kind of like chronic digestive symptom. Again, just reflecting this, um, this sort of disharmony with their relationship with nourishment. Um, So Again, like sometimes it can be very little and sometimes we have to kind of like creatively think. I think I was going to give an example about stagnation earlier that morphed into this nourishment example. But um, the Chinese medicine philosophy is really great because it really teaches you to kind of, again, like step back and look at the whole person and be like, okay, here's the symptom that you're telling me. But when I look at all of the other stuff going on in your life and in your body, um, it gives me a clue to like what, what might be sort of like at the core of that symptom. The nice thing about that then is then we are able to treat the the root of the issue rather than just addressing kind of like the way it shows up. Cause a lot of times if we just sort of like topically treat the way it's expressing itself without getting to the root, it's just going to keep coming back. And and nobody likes that. Like, so the most frustrating thing ever, right? Yep. So worst. Yeah. We're always trying to get to the root. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that's exactly the way that I teach too. And it's just so interesting that so many of our, it doesn't surprise me, but so many of our principles and values when it comes to facilitating the work that we do is like the same. I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all because we're so, we're very, very similar in so many ways, but I'm like, damn. Um, I just think that's really, really, really beautiful. And I, I think something that I wish I had known earlier, like in my own healing journey, you know, because we're so taught that it's like, what's wrong with me, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, you know, we're fucking fighting the motherfucking patriarchies, but you know, that's the way I see it, you know, there's so, you know, and I know that like, you know, you can relate to this as well, but it's been so much of an unpacking too, like even just stepping into my queerness, like so much of my, um, of my sim- my physical symptoms that felt like they were holding me back that were chronic for me too, like almost overnight just disappeared, you know. And I you I think you mentioned that like you leaving your your job and like going full time with your business had a similar feeling for you as well, right? 
Yeah, for sure. And actually, this this kind of brings me back to the stagnation topic, thinking about your queerness. So something like, you know, a UTI, right? That's something that is like not moving through your body in the way that we want it to. Like if we get an infection, ideally we want our body to kind of like come to the infection and work on it and process it and release it. And if it's coming back again and again, that brings up an interesting question, which is like, well, what else are you like maybe not able to fully process? Like what else might not be like moving through you in the way that you want it to? And then when you came out, it's like, oh, now this is processing and now this is moving and I don't have to like hold it inside and like chew on it over and over. I can just like let it express. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's so beautiful. And yeah, I did have a similar experience after leaving my job of 10 years, which was a wonderful job that, you know, I, I'm very grateful to have had. Um, I was really, really ready to move on. And my body was holding on to a lot of stuff. There was a lot of stagnation in my body that was expressing itself symptomatically. Um, And, you know, all the topical kind of like symptom focused treatments in the world weren't going to get at the root of the problem, which is I was trapped in a situation that I was really ready to be free of. And then once I was free of it, it was like, la, 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 la. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'd, I'd wager too that like, I mean, stress is what I have experienced to be like the number one flare up when I'm really stressed. It's like Mm. my eczema flares when I'm really stressed. Like, you know, I also have digestive stuff when I'm really stressed, my anxiety, you know, she comes front and center in, in my space. And, you know, I think that's, that's a, a thing we don't talk about enough in society. And right now there's so much individual and collective stress that I, you know, like I know it's been impacting me in a massive way and I am wildly privileged. So I can't imagine the, the the bigger individual and collective experience when it comes to how that's showing up in our bodies and frankly just in ourselves as a result because of that. Um, it's been wild. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I want to – I feel like that kind of links back to the thing that you're talking about, like layers of trauma – I know you said you wanted to come Mm. back to that. I'm curious, like, what exactly you meant by by that and, like, how – I know – I think I know where you're going, but I I don't want to, like, speak for you, obviously. Sure. Um, So I learned about this through Resma Menachem, his book, My Grandmother's Hands, which I super, super recommend. It's about doing embodied healing work around anti-racism and healing, like, Mm. racialized trauma. Um, so that's a really good one. For I'll put that in the show hasn't notes. read it. Cool. Um, but he talks about um, these layers of trauma, which is like historical, intergenerational, political, personal. I think those are the four layers. Um, but I value, I value that framework because one thing that I find with my clients is people will often come in with stuff that's showing up in their bodies. And, you know, we go through everything kind of trying to figure out the root and they maybe are not able to identify something that's happened in their lifetime that would sort of like logically lead to what they're presenting. But then we start talking about like, tell me more about your, you know, your parents, your family, tell me more about your ancestors. And we kind of, when we like step back and widen our gaze, we're able to see 
these layers, um, you know, historical, intergenerational, and then what you said too, like this kind of um, societal trauma that we're all experiencing living in capitalism and patriarchy and um, white supremacy, like those things really take a toll on us. And it can be confusing when we're trying to figure out what's going on with me and why do I feel this and why are all these things coming up in my body if I can't identify something that's happened in my personal lifetime. Um, You know, when we're able to kind of widen out and expand and see like, oh, all of these things are impacting me. Again, it, it gives us that sense of like, oh, I do deserve to do this healing work. Yeah. You know, um, Mm. again, no one is served by believing that they don't deserve to heal. And so the more we can just make space for ourselves to like see kind of what's on our plate. I think another thing that's really empowering too, is like some of us are in lifetimes where we're doing the healing work that our ancestors weren't able to do because they didn't have the privileges that we had. They didn't have the support systems. They didn't have the resources. They were just focused on survival. And we might be in a lifetime now where our survival isn't like the front and center number one project. And so we're able to do that healing work for them. So then it doesn't then get like metabolized and transferred to the next generation whether we choose to have our own biological children or not, you know, there's always a, another generation that's, that's coming next. Um, and doing that work of metabolizing, you know, integrating the trauma of people who came before us, like that can be a fucking big job. And sometimes it's kind of like, why did you all pick me to do this? I know I have the privilege, but I don't really want to, can I just sit and watch Netflix? Right. Mm. <laughs> like, um, but that's again like just acknowledging like oh maybe I'm also doing not just my own work but this kind of like bigger and and more global work Um, and maybe that's why things are hard for me like I think that just again gives people permission to to settle into their to their healing process um Mm. yeah totally I love that I'm gonna definitely put that book in the show notes I'm curious cool before, because I had another thought, but before I go there, I'm curious your thoughts on. Have you read The Body Keeps Score? Do you know that book? Of course, iconic. Okay, so oh yeah, that's like, like the trauma. That's like the trauma. That's like, the thing the, I was gonna you know. say. Like, if you have, if you are listening and are like, I want to connect to this in a more intentional way and understand like how the. I'm such a like, I am a, I am, I am a constant student and the thing that I love to learn the most about is the brain and how it works and how it's linked Mm. to our body's responses it is like what everything I fucking love it uh in all the ways that I live and this book is like my it's frankly it's like the only thing I've ever known to be a bible in my world like (laughs) it's just so good so I'll I'll also link that in the show notes for you guys too um cool I'm trying to think of where I was gonna go because now I just got really excited about that book it's worth getting excited about. I know. I lost my train of um, thought. I'll I'll offer another resource while you find your sure. train of thought. I might not. Um, I know. <laughs> I, I know that um, some folks need material that's a little bit more visual in order for them to integrate it. Um, mm. And so, if you're into like videos, I really like the work of Jessica Schaefer with Nervous System Reset. All of her stuff is on YouTube and you were talking about like learning about the brain, Amanda, Um, her work is really valuable in terms of understanding our nervous systems and our window of tolerance and how 
um, by doing like intentional nervous system regulation work that can also help Mm. us sort of manage these day-to-day uncomfortable symptoms that show up in our bodies and so um, yeah yeah, that's not a book but it's just a different medium for anyone who's interested I'll add it too I remembered my thing um cool and actually it kind of goes into this because I think we're taught a society and like in this culture at least in North American culture we're taught to like be critical thinkers or at least try to be critical thinkers um and that like academic from a from a brain understanding standpoint it's I want to understand I want to know I want to have the knowledge and then I can show up right but something that I think gets missed and why I love body work and embodiment work so much is that you know you can think about and know something all all the time but until it's integrated in you you're not going to feel that release you might have a moment of oh I understand myself deeper and that is beautiful and having an awareness of yourself is how you can move to the healing part and that's truly I think such an important part of the embodiment work is they they're all connected and there's something you said something about like I just want to sit and do Netflix and just chill and like have my body feel like it's releasing that's how I feel when I do embodiment work mm-hmm. you know it except it's less of like I'm just you know vegging feeling I actually experience the like full body release and frankly sometimes it's me bawling on the floor because I'm experiencing that release or it's me just feeling so excited and like alive or you know me having a moment of just like true full body breath that like I haven't felt like I've been able to have in a month you know and I think that's that's why I love the work you do and that's why I care so much about embodiment work and the work that I do and just in the life that I lead because it's I think it's the thing that's missing from so many people's practices is truly mm-hmm. you know sitting in that space and it doesn't you know I think sometimes talk therapy or all of the like trauma work that we're taught to do or the in the understanding the reading can feel like work it really does and mm. that's important and valid and embodiment doesn't feel like work to me you know if it, it it is sometimes uncomfortable and can be scary to like trust your body especially if you have a history of not which we both do in different ways and similar ways and it is it is life-changing like I get emotional I get emotional about it because it's truly changed my life and in different mediums between working with you and the way that you you navigate and you heal in the way that I show up in my own self and the way that I teach and other a whole slew of other ways that like embodiment and, and being integrated in your body it's just such a it's it's the most I think transformational and healing modality and I I I just want it more for more people you know like um and I don't know that's that's just where I'm at and I I hope that the biggest takeaway from this conversation for everyone that's listening is that you can learn all about all the things and you can understand and and access things but at the end of the day the way through is practicing connecting to your body and that can be as simple as like at least in my experience taking a breath and just noticing where your feet are on the ground you know that's it sounds so simple but it is like we are it's the only thing we have is our body Mm -hmm. right and it's the Mm -hmm. one thing we forget to love or to even just notice you know um and so that's, yeah, that's my, my hope for today's conversation that people just really take away, you know? 
Yeah, I agree. And, and again, like it's a practice and it can start really, really small. Like I am always encouraging folks to, you know, is there, is, can you, can you experience one moment of connection with your body today? How about between 12 and three o'clock? Are you able to experience a moment of feeling into your body between 12 and three o'clock? Great. How about two moments? Mm. How about between 12 and one o'clock? How about two moments between 12 and one o'clock? You know, like it can really build in this incremental way. I also, I think it can really feel overwhelming for a lot of folks. Cause it's like, how do I even begin totally. to do that reintegration? If all I've been taught my whole life is, is to live to up think. inside my head. Totally. Yeah. And it can really, really start small. Yeah. So speaking of that, if you were to say like one, one or two things that you tend to recommend the most to folks who are mm. maybe in that space, because I know it's most people listening is like, I'm self-aware, I feel like I'm growing and I'm understanding who I am and like there's still parts I'm uncovering but I feel really disconnected from my body in, in lots of different ways. Like what's one or two small things in your arsenal, in your, in your toolbox or whatever that you like to call it um, that you recommend that's super simple, that's accessible in like a moment, you know, whenever throughout the day? Sure. Um, this is one of my favorite things to talk about is like really, really quick and simple things we can do during the day just to help us feel more grounded and stable and regulated. Um, I think that when we experience ease in our bodies, like sometimes it's it's difficult to connect to our bodies and we, we might just have sort of like, like we might have kind of like our token symptom, like let's say you get a headache. And that's what happens when you're stressed. And that's what happens when you're like, when you need to ground. But in that moment, all you can really feel is the headache, right? And it's like, well, how do I, how do I connect with the rest of my body and what I need when I have this fucking migraine? Mm. So, um, so sometimes I think like doing some super, super simple nervous system regulation work just to maybe help ease whatever stress that might be causing that headache, like that kind of bottom up approach can be a nice way to integrate a little bit more embodiment into your life. Um, so one thing I really like to do is this thing called rain, which is where people who are watching the video can see you just take your fingertips and you just like tap like little raindrops all over your body, like your face and your neck and your shoulders. Kids love this one too. Just like this super simple raindrop. I like to think of like the raindrops washing all my stress away, but something like that, you know, just so you're, you're kind of like connecting in with your body in this way. Yeah. It's, it's pleasurable too. Right. Pleasure is one of those other spaces where it can be kind of easy for us. I mean, there's a lot of challenges around pleasure, right? But like, it's a distinctive, pleasure is a distinctive sensation, just like pain that we can all identify. Totally. Um, So something like that rain practice, like where we invite in this really kind of like the sense of like ease and pleasure, um, I think that can be a nice antidote. Mm, I love that. I love that you also brought up a migraine because I literally had one yesterday and typically, they do not leave my body for a long time, and I I am just like I, all I can think about is this migraine is terrible. This migraine is terrible. Mm. And yesterday, that this is a this is my fuck yes story for yesterday. But yesterday, I immediately just like put my hands over my eyes and I gave my temples a little bit of love, and I found some like peppermint oil, and I just was like I put it on like around in and around my nose and I was Mm -hmm. like I need to rest 
And instead of pushing through all the things I had, I canceled one of my calls that I was supposed to have mm. yesterday. And I took a bath. Love canceling. I took a bath. I took a bath. And I allowed myself to rest for an hour in the dark. And I was totally fine for my calls. I was great. And I had a date night last night. And the rest of my whole day would have been completely derailed. But because I gifted myself an hour, which I know isn't always easy for everyone to do. And, like, there's privilege in being able to do that in the first place. Like, I'm so grateful I own my business and that I've been able to get to that point. And it was just such a gift. It was such a gift um, that, like, even two, two years ago, Amanda couldn't have fathomed, the, you know, that I could have possibly done that for myself or that that wasn't even on the table. So so funny that you brought up migraines. I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I adore you. You're truly amazing. And I'm just so grateful to have you in my world. I feel like I could talk to you about this for hours and hours, which we do. <laughs> but I mean, on the podcast. <laughs> and we will. <laughs> and we will. Um, but definitely, uh, before, we, before we go and share where everyone can find you on the web and connect with you in a deeper way, um, I always ask one question for every guest that's on here um and that is what is what does it mean to you to live your fuck yes life oh I love this question and I always I love listening to your podcast and I always love when people answer this final question um because it's always so like inspiring I'm you know like yeah it's I'm gonna different go out and do for that everyone too. too you know yeah it's so good you know it's a, it's a good it's a good one yeah um so for me I think living my fuck yes life it really starts for me embodying my most authentic self. Um, I feel like this year was transformative for me. Not only did I like quit this nine to five job and started my own business, I came out as non-binary. Um, so many, so many ways that I feel like I really returned to my core self this year. And mm-hmm. I feel like because of that, I have just been able to explode in terms of like joy and being present and connecting with others and loving myself. Like it really started from this place of kind of clearing away all of the noise about what I was supposed to be and who I was supposed to be and how I was supposed to present and just being like, well, who's Dana? Mm. Mm. Who is that? And when I was able to, I had to get quiet. I had to get quiet to figure that out. But when I was able to, hear that message about who I truly, truly am inside and then do the work of like stepping into embodying that, which is a whole other process. Like, I just feel like that has been the most fuck yes experience in my adult life. Ugh, I love you. I'm celebrating so goddamn hard. That's, ugh. it's been so epic to witness it as like being in your world. And I just love that you spoke so like just hearing you speak about that was so epic. So thank you for sharing. Um, and where can everyone connect with you on Instagram and beyond? Yes, I am on Instagram at Wellspring Healing Arts. My website is wellspringhealingarts.com, I yes. believe. No, wellspringhealingartschicago.com. You'd think I know that information. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> My email address is wellspringchicago at gmail.com. And it's just W-E-L-L-S-P-R-I-N-G. Um, but if you look up Wellspring Healing Arts on Instagram, the links to all my stuff, uh, is in that space. Perfect. And all of that will be in the show notes for you guys. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing. Thanks for having me. It's a great conversation. I appreciate you. And there you have it. 
Thank you again, Dana, for this conversation and for everything we talked about and all the things in the show notes. You can check it out if you scroll down on your device um, or you can just go to amandacatherineloy.com forward slash podcast forward slash one, three, two. Ah. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. And if it stuck with you, shout us out on Instagram, tag myself and Dana so that we know um, what you took away from the episode and what you loved. And as always, it means so much to me if you want to leave a rating, a review on um, either iTunes or whatever the freak um, way you listen. It's super, super, super helps the podcast go far. And if you want to contribute in a more tangible way beyond that um, as always you can join the patreon because it helps this podcast go and that is all for today thank you again for listening for being here for being a part of the live your fuck yes life community i'm so stoked to be back for season six and look forward to chatting with you all on instagram tiktok and beyond until next time i'll see you on the flip side Bye bye